Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Hey, it's great to have you with us. Uh, it's uh, a pleasure to bring these programs to you every Sunday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday morning at 1 a.m., and Wednesday for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story at 9 a.m., streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We have the podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeart, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews and uh, that to channel is, of course, Tell Me Your Story. Just look for the guy with the black hat. We also encourage you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, while uh, we ask you to go within to listen to that still small voice. And if you'd like to support the work that we're doing, we have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. We appreciate every, uh, every bit that we get through PayPal. We'll take energetic support as well. And we thank you so much to those who have helped and those who will help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our guest today is a returning guest to our program. He is a, uh, a psychic. He's a therapist. He's a medium. He has a new book out. We're going to talk about it as well. And if you're not pursuing a rewarding career, if you're not in love, in a loving relationship, and if you're not financially secure, and if you're not healthy and vital, and if you aren't fulfilling your purpose and passion or don't even know your purpose and passion, then... You're going to want to stop yourself. Uh, you're going, you're stopping yourself <laughs> without ever knowing it. And how you're going to know it is uh, by listening to this program, but also by maybe reading a, a book that will be coming out shortly called The Secret That's Holding You Back. My guest is uh, Vincent uh, Jenna, and I thank you so much for being back with us here on the program. This is really a pleasure to have you back again. Well, thank you very much for inviting me back. Usually after the first time I'm on any show, they want to see me again. So thank you for having that. No, no, I'm, I'm joking about that. But thank you, Richard, for bringing me back. Now is the time, right? You're, you're a light, you're a lighthouse, and you're putting out information into the world. So I certainly appreciate being part of that. Well, we thank you so much. It's also uh, something that uh, I, I made a commitment to myself uh, after uh, – uh, thinking about it for quite a while and saying, you know what, we need to have him back to talk more about this work. And especially, and I'm probably among those who would fall into the category, uh, who have s some secret uh, that is holding me back uh, from mm. maybe what it is that I want to accomplish in spite of the fact, uh, Vincent, I'm having a great time doing what I'm doing, doing these interviews and doing these little projects for people and making a few bucks on the side and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, how does one, uh, maybe this is the best place to start, how does one uh, know that uh, they're holding themselves back? Are there particular signs? Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. You just said um, about your life that you're really enjoying what you're doing are all aspects of your life as much as you would like them to be. That's the whole thing. And so many people are achieving things in life, but then they don't know how to go far further. They reach a glass ceiling or they're afraid to want more. Um, life is a candy store. This is the way I like to to set it up. Life is a candy store. And we are entitled to all the candy in it and any amount that we want. That's the way it was set up for us, us so that way we, we can experience ourselves enjoying the candy and going after the candy. 
Now, you can tell that you're holding yourself back if, first of all, you're not even in the candy store. You're standing <laughs> outside and you're watching everybody go after their sweet things of life, right? Right. Or you're in the candy store and you know what's great? I love right in the center of the candy store, whatever one, if you go to one in a mall or you're at an amusement park somewhere and they have these giant candy stores, I love them. I need to own one myself although, uh, <laughs> because I guess I'm, I'm a sweet person. That's for sure. I love sweets. And right in the middle are usually the jelly beans or they're on the walls and they're all of these different jelly beans, right? And you always see the largest number of people hovered around the jelly beans eating one jelly bean at a time. Oh. This is the, the, the store of life now. They're eating one jelly bean at a time. And then there are some others who are going after the bigger candy bars. But the people at the jelly bean counter, they stay there because they say, well, this is sweet, this is good, but if I try to go after the other pieces of candy, maybe I'll lose my place here. Maybe I won't be able to get them. Maybe people will take away my candies and I won't deserve to get over there. So they don't even try for more. So those group of people hold themselves back from getting more in their lives that they can have, especially if it tastes so good. Why would we be teased by watching the rest of the world eating the wonderful giant candy bars and as much as they want while we're stuck eating the little jelly beans? And after a while, you get tired of eating just jelly beans. That actually was the reason why we went down the slippery slope in the very beginning. Remember the first question you asked me, because by the time I finish this story, I'll forget what you had asked me originally, okay? <laughs> the whole idea about Atlantis and the story of Atlantis and how we destroyed ourselves, whether it's fable or whether it's truth, it's a story that had a message. And the message was we were discovering our abilities and our powers when we first came here. We were experiencing ourselves. But coming to this earth was like kids being released in Toys R Us without any adult supervision. Ah. And a matter of fact, there's even a books about that. And so you can go hog wild thinking that you love all of these toys and you're going after it. And oh, yes, in the beginning, they seem so much fun. Then you get bored with this toy and you throw it down and you go to the next toy and you, oh, you get bored with that when you go down. But then you're also watching others playing with their toys. And you're going, hmm, they seem to be having more fun with their toys than I'm having with mine. And so you go over and you start, you want to take it away from them. And that's what happened in Atlantis. We started to see people enjoying aspects of their lives that maybe they have a better one than we do. And we tried to take things away from them so that we can share them. We tried to gain control of them. We were discovering our powers. Eventually, it led to us destroying all of ourselves. There's actually a very famous novel that um, kids are even required to read, and read in school, The Lord of the Flies. Mm. The Lord of the Flies was about a school of kids, right, that were going on a trip overseas. They were on ships and there was a storm and they got shipwrecked and all the teachers and the chaperones died, the adults. 
And so now all the children were left to survive on a stranded island. And they wound up forming groups and cliques. And it even came to the point that one group of kids wanted to overpower eventually the other group because they thought they had it better. So that's what's happening in the world today. We see everybody else having it better, right? And we get angry and we form defense mechanisms. And that's how you know you're holding yourself back because you are meant to have as much as you want but if you're not and you see everybody else having it, then you're doing something wrong. That's one part of it. The other aspect is the result of your life because we are manifestors. What do you have in your life that you don't want? Not only what you do want, but what don't you have? What don't you have that you do want? What do you have that you don't want? Like, does everybody have the wonderful, perfect, unconditional, loving partner? Does everybody have excellent health and wellness? Just like you said in my intro, mm -hmm. does everybody have the finances they want? So when you ask, how do you know you're holding yourself back is when you're limiting your life. Mm. Limiting your life. All right. Well, we're going to talk more about that as we continue talking with our very special guest here on the program. His name is Vincent Jenna. He is a psychic therapist and medium. He has a new book coming out in June of 2022. Uh, and I love the fact that it's coming out on, at least I think this is correct, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the summer solstice. Because sometimes the equinoxes shift around from the 21st to the 22nd. Uh, but I think the equinoxes pretty much stay on the 21st of uh, uh, June and December. Uh, and uh, that's when uh, your book will be coming out. And was that uh, a date that was chosen in that regard, uh, Vincent? Well, my publisher chose it. And I don't necessarily think that he purposely intended it to be on the summer solstice. Uh, but I do believe unintentionally he is a spiritual person, Um as a Jewish background, a conservative Jewish background. So I have a feeling there may be some Kabbalistic <laughs> beliefs in his background. Um, and so the 21st would have a special day. And I'm, I'm kind of feeling that everything with this book. All right. Let's put it this way. The guy had to have some kind of real God concept because my publisher's name is G&D Media. Now, when you look at his logo, he put it together that the G and the D now form the ampersand. Instead of writing out A-N-D, it forms an ampersand. And when you look at the ampersand and the G in the front and the D next to it, it looks like the word God. <laughs> so I'm like, um, okay. I'm now with a publisher who it looks like God Media. Mm. And to me, there was either conscious or unconscious choices. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised that he was at least inspired to release it on the summer solstice, which is really powerful um, and mid-year Right. Yeah. It's mid-year yeah. and everything about it and, and the direction and how I even found them 
um, is very positive and strong and to me, very divinely guided. So I, I do believe that that whether, like I said, whether it's conscious or unconscious, it was meant to be that day. Yeah. Well, Vincent Jenna is my guest, and we are talking about his latest work and other things as well uh, here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it's always a pleasure to have guests return to this program to continue conversations that we started weeks, months, maybe even years. I've had people who've come back after five, six, seven years, and it's always exciting to catch up and see where they've been and what they've been doing. Um, for those who are not as familiar with you as I, tell us a little bit about how you began this journey as a, 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 a psychic therapist, medium, whatever words you want to use in terms of helping other people to, I guess maybe the best way to put this is to helping other people to uh, uh, get on their path if if that's what yeah. they choose to do. To make it easy for you, I help to release their passions and purpose and then give them the key that makes everything work. I want them to believe in themselves. I empower them to believe in themselves. And it's interesting that, um, how did I get on this path? I want to say I was thrust on it, but I was thrust on it obviously by myself in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, but I, it took until I was ready for that. I was the one who was abused and tormented and bullied in school until I was 17 years old, Richard. Uh, chased every day home from school. When I was caught, I was beat up. In school, I was shoved in lockers, head flushed in toilets, thrown in dumpsters, peed on, spit on, stripped, and thrown into um, school assemblies, um, half naked uh, for embarrassment. Um, all of those wonderful things went on while I was in school. And then when I got home, uh, because mom um, was, uh, she was sexually molested until she was 13 years old. And she, she took those illnesses out on me. So there was a lot of that torment going on at home and in school. Um, but in school, there was one character in particular the jock and the class clown. Now, first of all, to be the super jock, you're popular, but then to be the class clown, you're popular on top of that. Now you put those things together and boy, do you have a formula that everybody loves you, right? Mm. And so anytime he called out my name, he would go, Vinny. No matter where we were, or if we were in the cafeteria, if we were in the middle of a test in the class and it was quiet, that's all he had to do. And that was the signal for all the kids to torment me and throw books at me, spitball me in the head, hit me with wooden sticks, whatever they had in their hands, pick on me, torment me. It didn't matter. Mm. So that was that guy. So he was actually my greatest enemy throughout my entire school career until I was ready to graduate in my senior year. Mm. But I um, fortunately was uh, pursuing a professional acting career very early in my youth. And I wound up getting put in the movie Grease with John Travolta and Lydia Newton-John. I was in that movie as a singer and a dancer. Oh, wow. Yes, well that made me a little small town famous guy, even if I wasn't a star in the movie, right? Um, so I became really popular at home. And a few years after the release of that movie, was my 10-year high school reunion. 
1983. And I was going to it. I was married um, to my childhood sweetheart. Uh, we had a three-year-old son at the time. I felt very successful. So I was going, had no idea how they were going to attend to me, but I went with the attitude of a big chip on my shoulder of I'm going to show them, see, I was in, because by then, Greece was a blockbuster movie and my name was in all the local newspapers already. So they weren't even sure I was going to show up. So mm. when I came in, every, the entire hall stopped. We had 350 students in my senior year and all 350 were at the first high school reunion and the entire hall got quiet and the girls and the first people in the lobby went, oh my gosh, Vinny, you're here, holy cow. And it truly became like a Cinderella story. <laughs> they were, I was at the ball and they were treating me like gold. And as I walk into the hall with my wife at my side, it was beautiful, it still is. All of a sudden at the other end of this hall, this guy shouts out at the top of his lungs, Vinny, the same way he used to, but much louder. The whole hall froze and looked at him because they weren't sure. Wait a minute. What is he doing? Is he going to tease him? Is he going to abuse him? They were in shock. They didn't expect that. And he ran from the other side of the hall, grabbed me in a bear hug and wouldn't let me go. And it was in that hug that I felt, I'm so sorry. No words were ever shared, but I felt that. And he sat at my table through most of the night. The, the girls were sitting around in a semicircle asking me all questions about Hollywood. The jocks were coming over. My friend, this guy was now becoming my friend, were bringing the jocks. So you got to come here because I, I was always a funny guy and I was always making light of things. And so I made a lot of joking stories about Hollywood and my life and everything and ragged on me and jokes. And oh, they had the greatest time. They invited me out afterwards to the diner till six o'clock in the morning. Well, he became from that day on a real close friend of mine. But the entire time that I was talking with him and asking about his life, everything he said to me, all I could hear was in my mind, bullshit, bullshit. This guy has given me a line about how successful he was. Oh, he married his childhood sweetheart. He has three kids. He lives in a beautiful condo in Connecticut, the rich part of Connecticut. He also rented a Porsche for the 10 year reunion so he can impress anybody, everybody. So he was that kind of guy, but I felt something different the entire time. So it was one weekend, he invited us out to his home. My wife and I, we stayed over for the weekend. His wife wasn't there, the kids weren't home. And again, all the entire weekend was about him mm. and how wonderful. And I was like, something's wrong. And I didn't know what it was, but I knew something was wrong. And on the way home, my wife and I were driving and I was in tears. I was crying because I felt my heart breaking and I knew it was his. And, and I said, I know something is wrong with Dennis. I know that there, his life is falling apart. And my wife is like, what are you crazy? He's living in this gorgeous condo. I said, no, honey, you don't understand. I know it. I know something is wrong and I don't know how to help him. And so I cried out to God 
And it was the first time I did, no matter how much I was tormented in my own life in my youth, I never asked God to help me. I never did. Hmm. Um, but this time I found myself begging, begging God to give me the ability to help him and to help others like him. This was the strangest thing about that prayer, Richard. Most people, when they pray for somebody, they pray for God to help that person. Help him, please. But I wasn't sitting there asking God to help him. I was asking God to help me help him and others like him. And at that time, all I wanted to be was a professional singer, actor, and dancer. I wanted to be a star. I wanted an Academy Award. I wanted an Emmy. I wanted a Tony. That's all I cared about. But in that moment, all I truly cared about was to help him and others like him. And I said, give me the ability, please. And within a week, that's when the Steven Spielberg, Cecil B. DeMille epic movie happened to my life mm. with all the paranormal, crazy, unbelievable things. We didn't know what to do. I wasn't used to that. I came from a small town, Levittown on Long Island. I didn't know of psychics. Yes, I had lived in, in California and we were just moving back. And there's where Woo Land was. You know, um, and there are a whole bunch of psychics there, but I wasn't involved with that. Mm. I had seen the Poltergeist movie, and that's as far as I knew about ghosts and and uh, mediums who would go through the light, go through the light, my children, <laughs> you know, and all of that nonsense from the movie. That was it. And now all of a sudden, this crazy stuff was happening to me, and all because of him. And so he was my greatest enemy and then my greatest gift and catalyst for all of this happening to me today. Mm. That's where it began. That's where my story begins. Mm. I can uh, relate because I was also, uh, not to the degree that you experienced, I uh, actually did really well in track and field because I learned ah. to run. <laughs> I got all the medals from running because I had to outrun the kids and their bicycles chasing me. And yeah. I high jumped over six foot fences. <laughs> well, we, so I'm there with you. We are, we are kindred spirits, especially in that regard. We're talking with Vincent Jenna here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it's always a pleasure. I'm going to share a little secret here in regards to only part of the reason why I have you back here. The first time I had you on the program, I received a comment from a viewer of the video on YouTube who commented, why don't you let Vincent talk more? <laughs> so I thought, well, what a great opportunity to have the man back and talk more about, especially this new book that's coming out oh, in June. Oh my gosh. And... Uh, you know, it's wonderful. Now, you're a medium, you're a psychic, you, you are yes. in touch. Are you in touch with those who have passed? I'm going to say, put it this way. Uh, now, first of all, let me say Bernie Siegel said to me when he and I were talking on the program about his wife who had died. That's what he said. And then I responded to that with, well, when you, uh, are you still in communication since your wife transitioned? He says, what do you mean transitioned? Why don't you just say die? She died. It's okay. We need to stop coming up with these. And so it's like, okay. 
Uh, as I shared with you uh, uh, before we started, I had uh, uh, my late sister. My I, I hate saying it that way. No, I'm not going to say it that way. My sister, my eldest sister, uh, went passed through the veil. Yes, she died. Okay. Right. Do you have connection with those who have moved on from this realm, this this world, this material world? I come from a New York a Sicilian family that was extremely dysfunctional. I try real hard not to have continued conversations <laughs> with any of those relatives. All right, what about others? I'm joking, I'm I know, joking. I... <laughs> okay, let me tell you the way, I don't, they'll come to me, I don't seek them out. Mm -hmm. I don't need to seek them out, but they will come to me and they, how did they come to me? Um, I continue my abilities, you know, when I was um, a psychotherapist and a licensed psychotherapist, because I did that, I became a psychic, but I wanted to know more about the human mind. So I went back to school. I never had any college degree. I didn't think I needed one as an actor. So I went back when I was 41 years old, went through seven years of schooling full time and got my undergrad degree in psychology and then my master's in clinical social work. So I became a psychotherapist, right? Mm -hmm. And um, during that time, you're required to continue your education by going to continuous education classes, mm -hmm. see? And you get CEUs, right? They want you to keep up your professional tools, shall we say. Well, what does a psychic and a medium do to keep up his or her professional tools? So I was introduced by somebody to a fabulous psychic college in the UK, the, the Arthur Finley College of Psychic Sciences, very reputable, very famous and reputable tutors there. So I went there and you're in a class about 25 students and other mediums, and most of them have experience and they're gaining more. But during that entire process, whenever I'm in one of those classroom situations, or when I'm teaching, the mediums were doing nothing but bringing in my relatives. As a matter of fact, the other students became so frustrated that, and it was undeniable evidence that they would bring up. And I'm talking about students that never met me before from Australia, from Japan, from the UK, from England. And they're giving me, my father came out 13 times to 13 different mediums with 13 different pieces, situations, all 13 times were different periods where my father abused me. Mm. And the medium came up with the details of that abuse and then more details about my father, 13 times. And it was always at the end with the message of, I am coming back to help you. They brought out my grandmother, my mother, my two uncles that are all that, and apparently they're always around me helping me to move forward in the work that I'm doing. That's how they come to me, Richard. I don't need to talk with them. The beings I talk with all the time are Archangel Michael, uh, Raphael, Gabriel, Jesus, Joseph, Joseph from Canaan, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat Joseph. <laughs> He's actually my higher self and my oversoul. And then of course, spirit God. That's, oh, and little Vinny. 
That's who I talk to all the time. And the others will come to me when they want to and need to. Um, uh, and I, and the thing is like, you, you just lost your sister. She just left in the physical world. You lost the physical body. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course you said that you hear her, she's talking with you and she's speaking with you absolutely. And obviously, and at any time I could call on my deceased loved ones and they'll come in, but you wind up finding the more secure you become and the more you become attached to those higher spirits that you don't find a need to talk with them. Okay, for example, you're living. You got other living relatives, right? Yes. All right. Do you call them every single day? No. Do you speak to them every hour? No. No, because you don't find the need to. Right. And you get busy in your life. Well, just because they cross over to the other side doesn't mean you find any greater need unless there is a hurt inside of you. People come to me all the time because they've never resolved the hurt mm. and the hurt of the loss of a loved one always comes from an incomplete relationship mm. from trying to find out, especially when it's parents who die, mm. the children always are still longing to find out number one, if their parents thought that they were good sons and daughters and number two, if their parents truly loved them. As a hospice social worker, when I was counseling the survivors of parents who died, that was their greatest, greatest and deepest hurt. Their parent left without them knowing whether their parent really loved them because there is such a lack. And because we are perpetuating from generation to generation, those hurts that we don't know how to raise children anymore, letting them know and believe how unbelievably loved they are and worthy and deserving and divine and unlimited and capable of achieving all their dreams. Children aren't being taught that today. And when your emotional needs are not met when you're a child, you seek them out through your entire adulthood. And that's the saddest reason. I just came back this weekend from a demonstration, that's what I did. I did two, I was a featured speaker at an expo and they wanted me to make connections for them. And I had suicide children and, and fiancés, adults, um, as well as parents. And all the people wanted to know is, was I good enough? Did I do okay? Did you love me? Mm -hmm. It's the saddest thing because people leave without anybody knowing vice versa. Yeah. And so that's the reason why people feel the need to continue to connect to those on the other side, because they feel they lost the opportunity here. You know, when you said that, those things about the unsaid things, I began to, I guess you might call it, uh, take uh, uh, an assessment both of my parents as well as of my brother and my four sisters, including my eldest who passed. I have no unsaid words to my eldest sister. I told her that I loved her. I was so glad that we were together and that we've shared this life together. I've said the same thing to my second oldest sister. Um, my parents have said in no 
minced words, how much they love me and how my father, especially how proud he is of me for mm. what I've made of my life. All of these wonderful things. And um, now I've often said this of my family. I said, uh, you know, we are a family of eight living in a three bedroom, one bathroom home, five females. And four males, uh, three males, three males, five females, okay? Whoa. And we survived, okay? We all came I'm out so alive. so sorry. Yeah. And, uh, oh. and we, we, yes, we had our, our skirmishes, just as individuals do, especially brothers and sisters. There's never been any estrangement. There's never been with parents or siblings. Uh, and these kind of experiences, I believe, bring us closer together. I really do believe that. Now... I used to say to people, and I still, well, I still say this. We weren't exactly your Norman Rockwell painting, okay, of that Christ that Thanksgiving where the mother's holding the turkey and putting it on the table. All right, we had our skirmishes, but it wasn't like some of the movies you see where the dysfunctional family, it wasn't like that. And I have to tell you, uh, I feel so fortunate in that regard. I, I tell you yeah. what, uh, the universe certainly chose the right family for me to come into. Uh, and hopefully to share with others, hey, it is possible, ladies and gentlemen, to to grow up in a semi, I'm going to put it this way because no family's perfect, semi-functional family. Uh, I want to talk a little more about that as we continue here. Uh, Vincent uh, Jenna is my guest here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for staying with us as we talk with Vincent Jenna. VincentJenna.com, I believe, is your website. Am I not mistaken? That is correct. I thought so. And your new book that's coming out uh, June 21st, 2022 is The Secret That Holds You Back. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, and, and again, as I said uh, earlier, there is no perfect family dynamic, okay? Although I feel like I've, I've come from one, that it, it, it was so functional. My parents taught me well. They taught me to respect other human beings, especially women with five females in the house. You're going to get that lesson. Um, to stand up for yourself the best you can. They even apologize. I don't know about your, your parents, probably not so much. My mother even apologized to me in my 20s for not being able to protect me when I was in school. What parent? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. No. No, my mother, one day I was 13 years old coming up. No, actually, I was older. I was 15. I just started high school. I was a freshman in high school. And I came home because there was there were 13 year old as well as the older kids in a in a gang group chasing me home from school. And I just got like I said, I learned how to run real fast, got in the house, <laughs> huffing and puffing. And I was just so frustrated. I just sat at the kitchen table crying. The kids hung out my at my house oh. um, telling me to come out. Right. And my mother told them to go, uh, go away, go away. And, you know, and they're saying, well, don't fight his battles. They were so rude. You tell him to come outside and fight his own battle. And I was not a fighter. And so mom comes back in the house and I'm just crying. And I'm like, why, mom? Why does everybody hate me? And her response to me was, well, maybe you are arrogant. Wow. So. She was, she was, oh, maybe you are bad. Maybe you have a reason for them to pick on you. And I was like, that always stayed with me. That was the nurturing mom that I had. She wasn't nurturing at all. But I will tell you this, Richard, for your own benefit. The universe did not put you with your parents. 
Your soul did, you did, you chose them as part of your plan. So take the credit for choosing. I take the credit also because I do know after my enemy became my greatest. Oh, by the way, he's my greatest fan today. He has given me total permission to write in my book. I mentioned his name. His name is Dennis um, to write that because he knows that I was part of his journey and he was part of mine. Not only did I help him, he was my first spiritual student after I became very psychic. Um, not only did I help him, but he now became a spiritual teacher and he refers people to me all the time. He tells our story all the time. He, um, he just is like my greatest fan um, and never, never criticizes anything I do and just tells everybody that I just, I saved his life. Hmm. And he remembered that when in that hug that he said, I said to him, I meant to change your life. And I don't recall saying that to him, but he recalls me saying it. And I kind of feel that that was an internal voice he heard in that given moment, that it wasn't my voice that said it. It was maybe our souls, his soul heard it, my soul said it, his soul heard it, because that's exactly what happened. So your choice of parents was to bring you to where you are today, even to be able to do this show and to be able to be so open and in light and have so much compassion and love is you, your soul chose that family to bring that out. It's very hard press for a family of A to experience that much love. It usually gets very diluted. And there's a lot of sibling rivalry because you're not getting what you're supposed to be getting. Yeah. Okay. There's there's one other element that was so beautiful. I actually have interviewed my parents on this program. Now, the interview is not oh, available. Fabulous. It's not available yet for public consumption. My mother says, no, you cannot air it. But it's been made available to the family. In that interview, I asked them the question, did you and dad sacrifice anything to have this big family? And many times you hear that word sacrifice used when people choose uh, certain things, right? Yes. Do you know what my mother said? What? No. We sacrificed nothing because we wanted a big family. Oh, my God. I cannot believe that. Right there is spiritual advancement. Yeah. Right? What do they say? An entire religion is formed around Jesus being crucified, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. To save us. And what do they keep saying he did? He sacrificed his life for us. Yeah. No, he did not. He willingly gave his life. He could have fought. He could have ran. He willingly gave his life, which makes his work and those choices that much more powerful. When your mother said, oh, no, I didn't sacrifice anything for, uh, for you guys. Oh, no. That means I wanted every single bit of you. I want that makes it mean her love for you mean that much more yeah. uh, because there's no regret. Oh, so you don't regret? No, I didn't give up any. I didn't give up anything. Yeah. I wanted more. <laughs> There's the candy store. Yeah. 
And she one, was having the candy and she didn't give up the jelly bean jar. Yeah. She went and she said, I can have jelly beans anytime I want. I also <laughs> want the chocolate bars. Yep. And you were her chocolate bars. Yeah. Oh, Richard, can yeah. you believe that? You were mom's dove bar. Yeah, here's what's real interesting though. She told me one time, probably in my late teens, she took me aside. We were having a private conversation and she says, I want you to know that I knew from the moment of your conception that you were going to be special. Now, before you jump on that, I found out about five years later <laughs> and I still hold that near and dear to my heart, okay? But I found out five years later from one of my sisters, she said the exact same thing to every single one of us. But that doesn't make it any less true. It's just funny no. because... It's like you, you first you think, okay, I, I'm special. I'm, I'm above all of the other siblings. No, that's not what it means. <laughs> that isn't what it means. Uh, but it was very cool. I'm glad she said that to all of us. And she may have been oh, telling the exact truth. Absolutely. And you know what? She wasn't lying. Because what she was trying to make you feel from the very beginning is what we really are. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why you see what's going on in the world today is because they don't feel special. They feel everybody else's. The child is still within the adult and influencing the adult. We're an accumulation of our entire lifetime. That's what part of my book is about. It explains these things. And when you're made to feel less than, something is wrong because when your soul comes into the world, it comes in from that unlimited realm, that realm that knows the truth, that realm that realizes you're divine and part of the divine and the divine itself. And then you come into this world and it's so limited. And then you're made to feel even worse. And you're wondering, wait a minute, what's going on? I'm not special. I'm not good. But you, you want to be. Mm -hmm. And those who allow themselves that room of feeling special, those are the people who achieve their dreams. Because I ask all of them that are going in a direction and said, did you ever feel when you were younger that you were special, but nobody else knew it? Mm. And 90% of the people I ask always say, yes, yes. And I, you are, you are. It doesn't mean you are more special than mm -hmm. your brother and your sister. You're all special. But of course, as a kid, you would be thinking it's just you. Yeah. But that's only because we're egocentric when we're younger. It's not until we're in our early 20s that the mind is developed enough to look into the universe. Um, Maslow has um, a, a psychologist back in the old days. I forgot his first name. We always learned their last names. Um, uh, Richard Maslow developed the hierarchy of understanding and it, it, it gives the age that it takes before you think about worldly thoughts. And it's not until you're in your early 20s, 22, 23, 24, before that actually comes on. Before that, it's all about you and the egocentric world. Everything is about you. That's why we blame ourselves for everything. But then we want to think that we're the only special ones, and that's okay. But mom was right in teaching you that. What wonderful, no wonder why you're more functional than you are dysfunctional. 
<laughs> We're talking with Vincent Jenna. He is a psychic, a therapist, a medium. This program for me is my therapy, so I've got the right man on the program with me today here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, I want to I want to ask you uh, a couple of other questions in regards to this whole aspect of uh, the things that are holding us back. Um, and <clears throat> one of the one of the aspects for me, and I, I can only speak uh, uh, to myself, is that I feel as though in the 43 years I've been doing this, that I have accumulated a massive number of tools. I have this, I have this enormous toolbox. I think it's on wheels, metaphorically speaking, ladies and gentlemen. Right. And, and yet I think... You'd think after 43 years, I'd, I'd be further along somewhere, maybe on a national scene. and then, But then there's something inside of me that says, no, 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 hold on, hold on. You're right where you need to be right now. Don't, don't get ahead of yourself. Just relax because that, I'm going to say it this way, that may be coming, okay? But that may not be your path. It may be a different path, but it'll still be, you're still going to be on purpose. Talk to us about... Uh, those kinds of thoughts that people might have saying, um, and it's, it's not about, I'm not saying that's about envy. I, it's not like I want to be the next Larry King. He, Larry King was Larry King. Okay. I'm going to be the best me I can be. But there are people who are, are kind of pondering that thought. It's like, God, I've been doing this for so long and I've, I've done all of this stuff. I, I feel like I should be higher on the ladder or maybe making more money or greater prestige or this or that or the other thing. And they're not, they're not comfortable with where they are in the now, in the moment. I am going to say something that um, I'm going to include you in that group of people, even though you're trying very humbly to not include yourself in that group of people. Okay. All right, here is the one thing maybe that mom and dad did not teach you when they were teaching you all that you were each special. That each of you came into the world with a different intention and purpose. And even though it may seem that these other people out there seem so high up your your whether it be your movie stars, your actors in the glamorous fields, they become so successful or no matter what field it's in and they become so successful and they're higher up. And then there's other people that are not so higher up. Well, each person comes into a life with a different intention and where they want to end up. And some will be in that area that appears higher up, even though it's not higher. It's just more pronounced and some others that are okay staying down low and not necessarily being in that limelight or seen by so many. My wife is a perfect example of that. One of the reasons why she married me is when we're together is she never had any desire to do or be in the position that I'm in, but she did have the desire to be with me in that so that she could go with me. So she is with me everywhere. She's my business manager. 
And she loves talking to every people off stage, every person who attends my events off stage. A matter of fact, um, at our last event that I was at and she was with me, at the end of the event, I always get a reception line, people wanting to come up to hug me, thank me, whatever, ask me questions. And for the first time, I'm looking over to her to get, oh, honey, can you give me a business card? And she's not there because she's at the other door because she has her own reception line of people talking to her. I'm like, okay, all right. I thought that that was the coolest thing. Everybody wanted to talk to her too, which was wonderful, but she never wanted to get up on the stage. She never wanted to do podcasts, but she knows that I do. And there's nothing wrong with that. So here's the one thing that you have to understand about you and your siblings. She made you all equal as far as worth and value. But when it comes to your job, your position, your dream, I'm going to ask you a question that I want you to be honest with all your listeners and viewers right now. Uh-oh. Yeah. In your heart of hearts, Richard, wouldn't you love to be doing more than what you're doing right now? Yes. Okay. Then you're holding yourself back. Ah. Because in your lessons, again, you were taught you're not any more special than anybody else. But maybe your job is... Maybe your dream is mm. in order for any of the people in the world that made major contributions and changes, didn't they have to think there was something special about what they had to say and do in order to get it out there? Mm. Didn't Martin Luther King Jr. Okay, I'm sure a lot of people had dreams during his times and they were a lot of ministers. Why him? Why was he the pronounced one? Why did he boldly go out in front of everybody? Why did Gandhi, who was a lawyer, went to school to be a lawyer, left India, came back to India, made himself a, a self-proclaimed spiritual teacher, stripped himself of his lawyerhood and, and walked his countryside preaching everybody. Mm -hmm. Why did he do that? Why did Jesus proclaim and walk around and saying, I am the way and the truth and the life, and so are you? But somebody has to do that. And in order to do that, you need to feel you have a special calling, a special purpose here not that you're special but we need the messengers mm -hmm. we need those so it's not until you know and accept your role may be greater than the accountant who does, does your taxes this year right he doesn't right. need to feel if he wants to he can start his own business and become the ceo of his own tax accounting firm it's fine but if you want to change the world you need a certain self-feeling now, don't you? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love who I am and what I do. And yes, I believe that I can speak my message, my message better than anybody else can. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do everything I can to get it out there as far as I can. Now, maybe you don't want to go maybe as far as me. To me, 
I have a dream of being on a, in an auditorium on a stage with 80,000 people surrounding me listening because I also am capable of pulling up the energy within the crowd so much they feel it off of each other. They feel each other's love. They want to exchange telephone numbers and become buddies mm -hmm. because of how I make them feel about themselves and each other in that room. I can do that. So I have to believe I'm special enough to do that. The word special and the labeling that we do puts too much negative connotations on things and that word humility. Okay, mm -hmm. not one of those spiritual teachers I just mentioned were humble in the way that we think humility should be. I mean, Jesus said, it's in the Bible recorded, he said, I am a minimum of 22 times written by John and any of the, I'm sure he said it many more times. According to our definition, that is not very humble if all you're doing is walking around saying, I am. Mm -hmm. And Martin Luther King Jr., I have a dream. And Gandhi, I see people getting, I see, I, I, mm -hmm. I, I. Yeah. So humility has nothing to do with playing small. Humility has to do with recognizing your greatness and everyone else's at the same time. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with you believing you're special as a person and recognizing, like mom said, everybody is special. Yeah. But now your role and job this lifetime around maybe more yeah. and you will get your more as soon as you believe you're worth that more and you should be going after the more and why not you look great in that freaking cowboy hat <laughs> i think you need to be seen more you've got the look you've got man you've got a perfect you have got not you um you know who you remind me of hmm. um hold on hold on Oh, my God. It's terrible when you get older and all these names fall out of your head. Um, oh, my God. Country singer, very famous, always with Dolly Parton. Kenny um, Rogers? Yeah, thank you. Kenny Rogers. You're Kenny Rogers. You look like you're, you're, you're Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers was a very good-looking man. You had the same hat on. Man, you can sing the same songs and get those words out there and and speak your own. You know why? It's important that you have this show and not just let the guests speak because you have something important to say, too. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, uh, folks, you're listening to uh, Vincent Jenna. VincentJenna.com is the website. This is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, I, uh, I wanted to touch upon one other thing in terms of this whole aspect of specialness or value. Uh, and it goes back to what you talked about in terms of Jesus and, quote, unquote, the sacrifice. Okay? He did willingly do this. But here's, here's an interesting dynamic that I thought about for quite a while. And it came to me. And I think about my parents and the value that they place in each one of us, all six of us, collectively or individually, that, no, that from birth, each one of us had value. So it got me to thinking about the creator. And, and again, in that context of that philosophy, we were created. And um, even before there was 
and again, I'm going to use the word sacrifice, even before there was the sacrifice, using the common nomenclature of the philosophy, we had to have had value for the creator to have wanted to set up that scenario that uh, he would willingly give his life for us. Okay, again, if you choose to believe that particular philosophy, if you had no value, what does he care? What does he care? And yet he cared enough. He says, you know what? You got a problem here. We need to fix this because these creatures, that these ones that I created, my beloved, my children, they're important to me. And so this whole scenario was set up. And so we had to have been priceless before there was ever this scenario set up in the first century. I love the way you set that up. I'm going to now share with you a slightly different scenario. Please. Okay. First of all, just so that you know where our value comes from, the way the creator created us was by dividing itself into us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. An omnipotent being cannot create anything less than itself. Mm -hmm. So that gave us value right from the get-go. Second of all, God and Jesus are two different beings. God did not set up the scenario. Jesus did, and I'll tell you why. And if you want to read a good story about it, get it from Edgar Casey, The Story of Jesus. Fabulous book. Mm -hmm. When we were first created, before the universes and the planets were created, it was just us in spirit. And it's as, it's as if take the sun and you see a big ball of light, now, imagine it being divided into maybe a hundred different little small balls of light, but still staying all together. Mm -hmm. You would never get to see the individual lights, and the individual lights would never get to see themselves because of the light of the cumulative light, right? Mm -hmm. So the intelligence, God, source, thought, what a good way for you to experience yourself is go somewhere. You got to get away from here. You got to get away from each other so you see your own light. You know what? Why, if, why don't we just create a place or places for you to go to? And together we created these universes and the planets. Now that's actually in the Bible in one sentence. They removed all the other aspects of our pre-existence because the Christianity did not want you to believe you existed before the earth. Okay. Mm. So now the, the planets are created. We go down and we incarnate here, okay? Well, the first group of beings, we were in, it said Lemuria is the first city that we created when we came down here. Mm -hmm. And we were androgynous beings then. And then we morphed into the city of Atlantis and the story of Atlantis. Well, where whatever the names are, the story is we came down here, and again, it was like letting loose a bunch of kids at Toys R Us without adult supervision. We went nuts. We destroyed ourselves. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, the person who was in charge of that destruction, based on Edgar Casey's material, was named Amelius. Amelius was Jesus' soul. And because after going back to the other side, he felt so bad that he had led us in that direction because we do have value and he did love us so much and we loved each other so much. 
He kept incarnating down here 12 different times. Every major biblical character in the Bible, the 12 different ones, including Jesus at the end, was Jesus' soul incarnating until he became Jesus the Christ. His name was not Jesus Christ. His name was Jesus from Nazareth, the Christ. And Christ means man with God. And so he finally got to the highest level he could to remind us who we were and to basically bring us back home to the understanding of who we are as loving divine beings. That's what he wanted to do. Because I'm telling you right now, when he was about ready to come down and incarnate here, the conversation between he and dad went like this. What are you planning on doing? Wait, well, I'm sorry, wait. You're going to go back down to earth. And I know you've been there before. That's great. Okay, you want to go with your brothers and sisters. I understand that. I get it. But what are you going to do? You're going to start preaching, do some miracles. All right, all right. Don't do too many because then they'll, you know, they'll think you're a freak. Well, you're going to do that. And you're going to raise the dead. Oh, I, I, Wait. The, you, you're going to let them do what to you? <laughs> to crucify? What are you, Meshuggah? <laughs> you, you're going to let them th- put thorns of roses to cut, nail you to a cross? You're going to bleed to death? What are you nuts? I'm going to lose you. You're one of my best kids. And you're going to go down there. What you think? They'll figure it out themselves. Well, I do. We'll get over the guilt already. It's been how many centuries that you're feeling like that? Get over it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I can't stop you. You know me. I'm not. I can't interfere. I created you. It's your own life. You make choices. Go ahead. But don't come crying to me when you start getting upset and scared. (laughs) that's the story because it was Jesus who wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's actually depicted in one of the last movies they made about that story of Jesus and the passion was called Jesus. That's it. It was a television series Mm -hmm. and it was a five episode miniseries. You can't even find it on video today. I'm so upset by it. It makes a very happy Jesus. He dances a lot. He parties at the wedding when he turns the water into wine. But there's a great scene before he's captured with his mom and his mom is like talking to him. She knows what's about ready to happen. And she's like, why do you have to go through this? Why do you have to do this? And he turns around and he says to her, he says, mom, if I don't go through this, they'll never remember and know that they can and who they are. Mm. I have to let them know and remind them who they are. So to me, that touched me so much. And I saw that show before all of this happened to me. So when this all happened to me and my relationship with Jesus and him giving me the words, I went, oh, my God, this is who you are, isn't it? You trying to tell us who we are, not who you were. Mm -hmm. So it was all a reminder. And, of course, everything, we're only here because we have value. I mean, it really, everything could be destroyed, and we're destroying it ourselves. But we could have been swept away a long time ago. We could have ended this a long time ago. But our own souls know that we have value, Richard. And so with or without any sacrifice, we have value. 
and nothing is a sacrifice for us to get to understand that. And we come back each lifetime with the intention of finding that value. This is one of the reasons I love doing this program, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, as I said before, this program is a form of therapy for me because (laughs) I learn so much, not just about myself, but I learn so much about what is what is out there. Now, it is up to me and each one of you to go within and make your own determination because that's who and what we are. And then what we do is, and as I do with this program, share with you my observations. I don't put any of this on anybody. Uh, if I share something about what I believe, that's mine. Okay? Don't ever take it. Okay, unless it resonates with you and you want to. I don't put it on anybody. And uh, that's the responsibility that I have in regards to my life. It is my life. I'm living it the best I know how. Matter of fact, it's kind of epitomized by, believe it or not, I'm now a songwriter, my friend. Uh, You mentioned uh, Kenny Rogers. Well, I've written one song, so I've written one. And so that makes me a songwriter. And the title of the song, are you ready for this? Go ahead. I'm a good man doing the best I can. Oh, I love that. And uh, oh, it's I actually hear that one. It's you actually on my, to me. Yeah, it's on my YouTube channel. Oh, I got to watch and listen to that. That's fabulous. Good for you. I, uh, I, I, I tell you, it's amazing the road that I have traveled in 61 short years on this planet. It's just less than a puff of smoke, as I like to say. But that puff of smoke has got value, if you will. And we're talking with Vincent Jenna, VincentJenna.com. And uh, let me just tell you one more time about uh, the title of his latest work that's coming out in June of 2022, 21st of June, the, the summer solstice, The Secret that holds you back and you can pre-order it. I'm sure go to yes. vincentjenna.com or Amazon or what have you. You can do that as well. Um, I am always thrilled at the various uh, works that are out there, books uh, and information. Uh, I, I remember too, and even some of the science fiction stuff I've read, I remember, I don't know if you're familiar with the book, uh, uh, a stranger in a strange land. Oh, yes. I remember that a long time ago. I have a hard copy, not a hard cover, but a hard copy, paperback. It's rather large. And I tried reading it and it just I I couldn't get through it. So it finally came out on Audible and I listened to it and I'd rewind and go back and go back. And I finally got through it and I loved it. And it was fabulous. The only part of it that I didn't love was the ending. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. I'm going, Ah. are you kidding? You can't end it like Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> but it was such a great story. Uh, and I, I, wow. I, the word I came, the one word that I took out of it, and I love this word, my friend, the word grok. And I interpret that word or define it, it is to assimilate into every subatomic particle of my being those things that resonate with me. Now, that doesn't mean that what I've just assimilated is going to be the same today as it will be tomorrow. Because as I shared with my nope. sister, uh, Jeanette, who passed, uh, we were talking and uh, she was kind of challenging me from where she was coming from at the time. And I said, 
Well, you have to understand, my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today are not my beliefs of tomorrow because I'm still alive. Right. I'm still experiencing. I'm, I'm still reading and learning and growing and so forth. And forgive me for using the word, sis, but uh, I'm evolving. We're all evolving. That's why we go to school. Yes. So um, that's that's what that word just I, I love that word to grok. And I to hope grot. people are yeah, grok. G R. Grok, okay. I gotta go and get that audio book because I have Audible, so yeah. I'd love to listen to it. Yeah. I remember that from a while ago. Yeah. Um, uh, so, okay. Yeah. And the reader is fabulous in the voices, just fabulous. As a matter really? of fact, I have been, uh, selected uh, as a voice for some audible books through a, a publishing company. I'm looking forward to the first book I get because I used to record long before there was ever audible. I recorded for my first wife. Uh, books. Oh, wow. I recorded Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield, who has been on this program a couple of times. I've recorded, you recorded that. That's uh, your voice. I've been listening. To? No, 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 no. That is not my voice. No, no, no. This was back in the 80s when the book came out or early 90s. And I recorded oh, okay. it on cassettes you, exclusively you for my wife. Personally. Yes, personally. Uh, I also recorded for her Gerald Jampolsky's Love is Letting Go of Fear, Ogmandino's um, wow. uh, the greatest miracle in the world, and many other books as well. And again, as I said, long before audibles were audibles, it's kind of like uh, I was, I was, I was listening to country before country was cool. Um, and um, I, I got to tell you, I love it. Anyway, this is this has been a fabulous uh, hour plus, and uh, you are listening to Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and my guest here on the program today, Vincent Jenna. And uh, I think that uh, I hopefully have, uh, and I, I didn't really do this interview to placate uh, one of the listeners per se, but uh, I wanted to have J uh, Vincent back because, uh, not only because of the book that he has out that's coming out, uh, that uh, we, of course, are going to remind you of once more. It's called The Secret That Holds You Back. Uh, and you can go to vincentjenna.com. That's V-I-N-C-E-T. Uh, try that one more time, ladies and gentlemen. V-I-N-C-E-N-T-G-E-N-N-A. Dot com And uh, we'll be linked to his website as we are with the other interview that we have with him. And we're going to have him back again, I guarantee you, to talk more about the work that he's doing. But, uh, Vincent, uh, I do, as, uh, as I did last time, I have those three questions for you during the lightning round of the game show we call Tell Me Your Story. Uh, okay. But before I do that, I need to let you know who are listening and watching to know that we are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. with our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. And we stream live at those times at richarddugan.com. The podcasts, they're on SoundCloud and iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations across the uh, internet. I was going to say the internet dial, but it's uh, bigger than that. And then, of course, <laughs> right. we're on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. As I said, I hope you'll subscribe to both the audio and video so that every time I put up a new one, you'll be notified and you can listen to that as well. And I must uh, say thank you to those who've been listening over the last, let's see, it's now uh, four years and uh, three or four months. Wow. And we are now up close. We're almost to 78,000 listens. And wow. the uh, remarkable thing, and I check this every every so often, uh, uh, Vincent, <clears throat> when I take a look at the overall total, which is about 77,700 right now, then I go to the last 12 months, and it is more than half of what we did yeah. in the first three years. 
It's more than, and so that means more folks are listening, and I'm that's very right. grateful for that. The word is getting out, and that's very exciting. We also ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. Spend time going within and listening to that still small voice. And then also, if you uh, enjoy what we're doing and it resonates with you, you'd like to be a part of what we're doing, we'd love to have your financial support. I have a PayPal account, it's there for your security as well as ours. And when you go there, it's going to ask you. Who do you want to send this to? The email address, richard at richarddugan.com. That's richard at richarddugan.com. And with that said, we now do move on to the lightning round, where we ask those three final questions here on Tell Me Your Story. Okay, I don't remember what the questions are, but go ahead. That's good, because the first question is, who is Vincent Jenna? Vincent Jenna is a guy who feels like he wants to get all his brothers and sisters to really get to experience their own divinity, mm. unity with each other, brotherhood and sisterhood, and to get us back home together again as one big family. That's who Vincent Jenna is. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Oh, that just gave, I gave that answer with my first one too. All right. All right. So the same thing. That's what I'm hoping to achieve. That's what I know I'm achieving, though I'm very fulfilled. Then we may get the same response to question number three, which is, what is your life's purpose? To empower you to believe in yourself and to see your, your own divinity and magnificence. And with that, we thank you so much for giving us the time here on the program. I do have one final question, but it has nothing to do with the lightning round. Okay. The uh, virtual background that you have showing is really, I I'm, I'm quite taken by it. Uh, can you give us any background on it? Well, uh, yes, it's called Google Images. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a green screen. All right. So you have to understand that because I do so many of these shows, let me just show you um, what my background actually looks like. All right. Okay. And while he's doing that, folks, that's what it looks there like. There it is right there. So it's, I'm not using Zoom's virtual because you've noticed that there was no green around my hands. The green screen in the background lets me put up any background that I wish to put up. <laughs> All right, here's another one. All right, this is actually the one of the halls in Arthur Finley College in England. Oh, um, oh and then I can go right out into space if I want to. Um, uh, and this is when I'm talking <laughs> UFOs and my alien communications. I always love that one. There you go. Um, and then when I'm doing, we talk about the summer solstice. Yeah, I can even do videos in the background and still have. <laughs> all of the focus correctly because of a green screen. Yeah. And so Zoom is capable of doing that. Not yeah. too many apps are. It's a beautiful thing. I have to tell you, we're in Ireland here. Those cannons are at a castle there in Ireland. Uh, oh, as well that. as Yeah. Uh, and of course, I, I can do the same. I showed my green screen as well. Oh, uh, there you go. All it, right. It's really a lot of fun. This, by the way, this is the look outside the, uh, for those who are watching YouTube, you can see this. Folks who are not can't. Uh, but this is outside the window, looking out the window of the cottage that my wife and I stayed at in 2004 on uh, uh, an island 
And this is a weird island. Uh, it's called Inishni. Now, I say weird because the only reason that it's an island is because the road that connects it to the mainland is a bog yeah. road. That's it. That's what's. That's why it's an island because of bog road. <laughs> you know, it's, oh wow! It's connecting it. So uh, wow. uh, you know, there no you go. Well, beautiful and very cool. Yeah. It, it, well, but it was lovely. It was absolutely fabulous. Uh, I, I hope one day to go back. I absolutely want to uh, to go back, and uh, uh, I I, I want to live there. It's it's what I want to do. Is, there you go. I want to visit. We're going to go on a tour there and do an event there at one point. Well, if you need uh, a Sherpa, you you give me a call. Oh, absolutely. Sounds great to me. Absolutely. Well, folks, I will. that's going to wrap up. <laughs> what a wonderful ending to the program. Uh, this has been Tell Me Your Story, new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I'll be listening.